thank you for having me. I'm so uh, blessed uh, and humbled. Um, and some awesome things happening here at this church. Uh, new marriages. Uh, Pastor Brian uh, mentioned in the first service that they did some, uh, he actually said axe throwing the first time. The, men's, the men got together and did some axe throwing. I was like, axe throwing? Didn't you do that like chop wood? That's big. <laughs> like, what was that like? And he's like, no, tomahawk, you know, more like that. But then some fun things and cool things happening at this church. Praise God. And so uh, I'm, I'm blessed and humbled to be, uh, be here this morning and share a little bit about uh, my story, um, what God has done, and uh, what he's doing now uh, through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And, um, you know, on my drive here, I, I, was, I was reflecting, and I just kind of had this moment of like, man, I'm going, I'm speaking at a church, I'm speaking in front of people, and doing public speaking, and sharing my story, and it's just one of those moments where you kind of look back, like hindsight, and you look back to when you're in high school or college, and like the plans you have for your life, and what you think you're going to be doing, and then how God has other plans, right? You know, I think, I don't know if any of us are in a position where we're doing exactly what we thought we'd be doing back then, so, um, but it's how awesome is that, that, that God has, has the best for us, so. Um, it was just this humbling moment that God would bring me to a place I never thought I'd be. Um, so thank you. Thank you for having me, and um, I'm honored and privileged to be here. Um, so I, I want to share a little bit about my journey, and, and so I'll start off by introducing um, my team. All right, This is, this is my, my family, man, and I'm uh, also on this drive this morning. I just was on Father's Day just really reflecting on how rich I am, man, and to have this. Um, I'm super thankful. Uh, this starts with um, my bride, my wife. We're celebrating 10 years this year. Um, Jana, she's right here. I'm pointing her out. Gonna blush. She's going to blush. But um, so I'm so thankful for an amazing teammate, an amazing marriage. Um, man, I, I care a lot about my family. I love uh, family. You're going to hear more about um, my family growing up here in a little bit and just why I, I have a heart for family. Um, this is Monroe in pink. She's also sitting next to mom today. I'll embarrass you and point at you. Okay? Um, but we, I want to explain real quick their, their names. They're white and like Monroe. Okay? How did you come up with that name? Um, well, Monroe actually means the mouth of a river. You're like, wow, Sean, cool. Are you a big fisherman? Um, I do like to fish. But this is uh, honestly the, the function of the mouth of a river is, is to flow into another source. Right? And so we want to raise her. And she's growing, growing into this amazing a blessing that is that is thoughtful and thinking of how can I bless others, and so uh, actually it was a couple years, she was a couple years old, and, and uh, her grandmother, my mom, call her Gigi, Gigi uh, starts calling her the color yellow, just because she was that she's that color in the room, she's that burst of energy and that light, and and she's really living up to the name that we believe God has given to her. Um, number two in the lineup, uh, this is Lincoln. Um, exactly as maybe you're thinking. Lincoln after Abraham Lincoln, an amazing godly servant leader uh, of this nation and maybe one of the most influential in the world. Um, he, I mean, that's our heart for him. And, and what, honestly, I think what started this and why we wanted to name him Lincoln was, uh, I think we found out we were pregnant around Thanksgiving-ish. And uh, as a family, we read the Thanksgiving Day Proclamation if you've ever read, if you've not read that, man, read the Thanksgiving Day Proclamation, because Abraham Lincoln's words in that, man, such courageous, godly words to the people of America, and establishing Thanksgiving so that we might take a day, celebrate all the blessings that God has given us. So 
Anyway, side note that Abraham Lincoln. That's why we named him Lincoln. And and at the last in the lineup, looking down at a bug or a shadow or something, that's Pierce. Pierce is our youngest. Um, he uh, is named Pierce that he might grow to have a, a love uh, for God's word. Uh, that same word that pierces the hearts of men like a double-edged sword. So um, those are the. That's our family. That's my family unit. Man, I am so blessed. Oh, and off to the side is Buckshot. That's our dog. And, and to get him to pose for the camera, um, I threw a ball right as the timer was going off. I'm like, Jenna, hold him. Hold him. And so he actually looks like he's looking at the camera, but he's looking at the ball. Anyway, so this is my family, my family unit. Man, I'm so blessed. Um, hey, and, and I want to let you know, if you notice that I, I kind of stop and I stutter, or I'm stuck on a sentence or on a word, um, it's not because I didn't do well or okay enough in school. Um, I, I, I was pretty good at English and pretty good with vocabulary, and then all of a sudden something happened in my life that changed that, and um, this is what happened. Let's see if this clicker works. Bam, there it is. Yeah. So I, you'll get to hear I got to play professional baseball, and I was a catcher, and I got hit by a small truck. Anyone ever been hit by a truck before? Okay. This guy was 6'6", 260, and uh, he was a two-sport player at Stanford. So he played baseball, but he also played football. He knew how to hit guys, and I was the recipient of that that day. Um, and uh, so what happened on the play was a base hit to right field. The right fielder came up, made a perfect throw home, but it took me a couple steps to my left in the baseline. And as I went to catch the ball, I got smashed, and uh, I turned into an X on the ground like this. And uh, my trainer was right there with smelling salt, woke me up, and um, uh, man, I out for a few seconds and came back in the dugout. Um, they got me into the training room and, and they're like, hey, Sean, hey, can you count backwards from 10? No. Hey, and then a, couple, a teammate comes in and he, like had a, he needed to tape his wrist. He's like, hey, Rune, what's up? I'm like, hey, I don't remember your name. So just in a moment, like my marbles got, my, my eggs got scrambled and um, I was concussed. I was out for a little while. Um, so this is when it all started. So if you see me, give me some grace if I'm stuttering or kind of having a hard time for a moment. Um, but if you're a sports uh, person, you're, you're wanting to know more than just about the concussion, right? You're like, what happened on the play? Was, wait, right? Was he out? Did you hold on to the ball? And I will tell you, I did. I held on to the baseball for some God reason. I don't know. But right before he hit me, I guess, I, actually before he made contact with the glove, he hits my head. I went, went out. But the ball ended up in my glove. Um, yeah, it was it was quite eventful. Actually, the next day, yeah, thank you, thank you, woo, caught it. Um, but the next day, the pitcher's dad had recorded the the uh, collision, and no, I don't have that for you to watch. That'd be awesome. But uh, he actually said, uh, or it was, I got to watch it right there in front of him, and it was one of those like, oh, shudders, like, is that guy still alive? One of those. Um, so anyway. That, that was a fun baseball story I thought I'd share with you. Um, but I want to share a little bit about just kind of my, my upbringing and um, my family growing up. So this is, this is my family unit growing up. Uh, my oldest brother, Patrick, he's there up at the top. He's, um, man, he's such a good guy, has always been. You can kind of see it in the picture. Um, and then that's me in the middle. I'm an absolute goofball. They kind of kept everybody on their toes. Um, and then youngest, my angry younger brother, Colin, um, He's still angry today, but he loves Jesus, and um, he's, walking that, he's walking with Jesus in that journey. 
um, which is a fun, angry story about him. Uh, we, we grew up playing a lot, of, uh, a lot of wiffle ball in the backyard. That's how we all got to be pretty good baseball players, is there was more baseball and wiffle ball than video games. So um, there was this particular day where we were playing, and, and man, I hit a ball really far, really deep, and, and he goes running back. He's about to make a great play, and he goes smack right into a pole. Boom, face first. And I was thinking, man, is he okay? Is he about to cry? What's going on? And, and his response was, instead of saying, hey, I'm okay, I'm good, he just turns and starts lighting up the pole. Boom, boom, boom. Starts swinging at it. And so ever since then, we knew he had anger issues. So anyway, that, this is my family. Uh, let me introduce my dad and my mom at the bottom. Uh, my dad, Bill, my mom, Debbie. Um, you know, uh, I got a little emotional talking about this earlier, and you'll know why in a bit. But man, my dad was such a great leader of our family. Um, you know, we... I value family, I think, because of what God did through my dad. We had family dinners, and we created great memories. We went on some, some fun vacations, and, um, and we had a lot of backyard memories of wiffle ball and, and stories. I mean, I, I have almost a, a story every night for the kids before they go to bed. I told them the angry brother one the other night. That didn't help them go to sleep. But um, I have so many cool family stories, and I'm just so thankful that my dad, who owned his own business, um, was able to coach all three of us was still able to get projects done around the house. And now that I'm a dad and I'm trying to coach my kids and get stuff done around the house and have a full-time job, I'm like, holy cow, how did my dad ever do it and bring unity to a family? I know that, that, that's, not, that that's not necessarily everybody's story, but I just want to point out how incredibly thankful I am that God gave me this story. Um, so one other thing to kind of describe us as a family was that we, we, kind of, we call ourselves a Christian family. All right, so um, we didn't go to church on Sundays because baseball had precedent. But, you know, I, my parents thought, well, we'll send them to Christian school. So we went to Christian school. We learned Bible verses. We had a very great intellectual understanding of what Christmas was about, what Easter was about. Um, I'll never forget the, the evening my mom put us to bed, and she said, hey, Sean, you know that, you know, someday that you're, if you die, you have the option of either heaven or hell, right? Heaven's a wonderful place with clouds and angels and so lovely and golden roads and then hell's fire and gnashing of teeth which one do you want to do I'm like heaven sign me up what do i gotta do mom it's like we just prayed a special prayer and, and you get to go to heaven i'm like okay i'll say whatever i gotta say take to get the fire insurance policy so um that was kind of where i uh, i'm like okay i prayed a prayer uh, i know who you know what christmas and easter are about i've got some bible verses in mind but really i mean we didn't necessarily pray as a family at dinner. There weren't ongoing conversations about God and what he's doing in our life. Um, so it was an interesting dynamic. We called ourselves Christians, but it didn't, it didn't really look like it compared to anybody else. Um, so and as, as, you, as you heard, baseball took precedence over a lot. Um, and that's honestly one thing that really brought us together. All three of us boys were baseball players. We all got, to, got Division I college scholarships to play baseball. And, man, it was, it was awesome. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. When my older brother was uh, 12 years old in Little League, um, they uh, went to the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And I got to see baseball at a high level, right, for 12-year-olds. Uh, they're playing in front of 10,000 people, and these kids are coming up to my brother and asking for autographs. And I'm just, like, watching them going, man, I want to be like that. I want to be the best I can be at baseball. I want to be signing autographs someday. I want to make millions of dollars. I want to do it all, right? And so 
I remember walking away from that, kind of being really encouraged to be the best in baseball. And so when, uh, when we, got, we got home and I had my, my first t-ball season, um, and my dad, my, dad, my dad did something I'll never, ever forget. He, he, uh, he encouraged me. He said, hey, Sean, hey, Shawnee is what he called me. Shawnee, I, I really want to really encourage you to hit as many home runs as you can this year. All right? I'm like, okay, Dad. He's like, I tell you what, for every home run you hit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use my, I'm gonna take my Davy Crockett knife. Okay, it's this big Bowie knife he took when he was hunting. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a notch on your bed. So you'll have, we'll, we'll carve, we'll kind of do this little celebration. We'll carve a notch on your bed for every home run you hit. And I, by the end of that T-ball season, I hit 19 home runs. And so I, before I go to bed, I'm feeling my notches on my bedpost, and I'm like, man, it's so cool, Dad. Thanks for, thanks for encouraging me. And I felt like, just began to like though tie my ability on the field and the results to, to who I was. Um, and so moving forward, uh, I got to my 12-year-old year of Little League, and I continued to do well as a baseball player, and, and I hit 26 home runs in one season. And so now everybody in the league and everybody in the community starts talking about this kid, this, this baseball player who's, who's doing amazing things. They're saying, man, he's going to be the next Mark McGuire. He's going to be so great, on, on and on and on. And, I'm, and, and of course, if you're me, you're like, oh, no, please stop. Right? No, you're not. You're like, come on. I love that. Yes, I feel so great about myself. Thanks. Thank you. I feel so nice. And so I just began to, like, my head would get bigger and bigger, right? I just felt like I'm God's gift to baseball, and I'm the man, right? So moving forward, I got into high school. I did well in high school. I, I got to college, um, and I played at UC Davis uh, in Northern California for a year. Um, and then I ended up bouncing back to a community college in, in Orange County. And so it's kind of got to this point, though, although I'd done really great in baseball, as you continue to climb the ladder, the talent evens up. And so... At this, this kind of the crossroads of my base of baseball, and saying, man, I I don't know if I'm ultimately going to be a major leaguer someday. Like that's a long way to go. And is this is this really the dream I'm going to chase? Statistics are not in my favor. And so I remember having lunch with my dad, and I said, hey, dad, um, you know, you you have got a great company. You've provided for our family. I would love to start to work for you. And um, you know, the real real the the realistic opportunity for me to play in pro ball is, is not it's not for me and so um so man sean I'm, I'm really proud of you for being able to think realistically and have realistic goals but i tell you that tell you what i said i i don't want to see you be a quitter you're in the middle of the year okay you still have you got school to finish this year you have your baseball season to finish this year so if i can say anything I'll, I'll tell you this once you go back out there finish up and play like you have nothing to lose all right play like you have nothing to lose and i said all right as long as i can work for you after he says, yeah. I said, okay, good. So off I, I went back, and I remember, I remember that drive. Man, this is the turning point in my life that God used. And, I, and I, my dad was not this spiritual guy that, you know, was intentional about bringing God into conversations, but just God used these words to really uh, challenge me. And as I reflected on that drive back, I'm like, play like I have nothing to lose. How, how in the heck can I play like I have nothing to lose? How can we go through life like we have nothing to lose? And so, uh, although I wasn't necessarily walking with the Lord, I felt like, man, the fork was in the road. Man, he's got all kinds of promises, right? The, the peace that surpasses understanding, that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. That's a promise that comes with knowing him. So I'm like, man, how can I tap into that sort of peace, right? The confidence that comes with knowing him, right? How can I do that as a baseball player? How can I do that in life? And, 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 and so it's like that's, that was the fork in the road. The fork was in the road. Do it. You know, trust him and take steps towards him. See what happens or continue doing things my way. And I felt like that, that was the turning point. I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus. 
wholeheartedly. And as new things come up from his word, from great mentors, I'm going to begin to apply them to my life. And it, 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 I tell you what, it began to just transform on the baseball field. My mental toughness was incredible. My work ethic, right? And, and I'll never forget my roommate being so upset with me because I would go in, my first two at-bats, I would, I, would, I would get out, I'd strike out one time, I'd ground out, and then I'd finish the game, though, with three for five with a home run and a couple RBIs. And he's like, dude, how, do you, how are you so mentally tough? How do you do that? And I'd come into the dugout after, strike out. I used to be the guy who would throw my helmet or my batting gloves and pout, but now I just set it in the, in the box and go back to my game. And so uh, it, was, it was incredible the, the ways that God began to uh, open my eyes to having bigger perspective as I played the game of baseball. And that's his heart for all of us, and, and not just in baseball or in sports, but in life. Man, that we don't, we're not holding tightly to, to, to results and the results of our work as our identity, right? The, the results of, of our ability to play an instrument, the results of, of, of my ability to be a dad or, or a husband. Man, that I, it, the illustration is like this, and I, I, it dawned on me this year as I was throwing wiffle balls to my son in the backyard. Like, that this is God's heart for us. I'm throwing wiffle balls to him, and he's taking swings, and, and, and some are good, and, then, and then some are not. I, I see a long journey for him. If he, if he wants to do this together, if he wants to become, have a great swing and, and be a good baseball player, hey, I'm in this with you. Like, this is a journey that we get to do together. This is not, hey, you're going to have it figured out right now. There, there's going to be pitches that you crush, and then there's going to be some that you, you look really silly on, right, that, that don't go so well. But, but how do we together, you know, take steps and move forward? And I, I believe that's God's heart for us, like that, that our life is a journey. This is a process. He's a process-oriented God, right? But in, if you've grown up in sports or even the American culture, is so results-driven that when, when we mess up, and we hang on to that. And we begin to, you know, uh, identify with the results of, of life rather than the process. So that's what happened for me then. And, um, and man, it just began to transform the way I played the game and transform my life. In the next few months, I became the conference player of the year. I won a triple crown, first team All-American. I signed to go back to a four-year college. Um, and then I got drafted by the Washington Nationals. Washington. The National Select number 7581 Rooney, Sean Ketcher from Saddleback Community College in Yorba Linda, California. Washington selects Sean Rooney, a catcher, Saddleback Community College. Now, although all those baseball things happened, the best thing that happened during the season soon after I gave my life to Jesus and wholeheartedly trusted in the process is I found the woman of my dreams who's way out of my league. And I kid you not, this is an act of God. Like, this is just one of the things that he, he did in this process. And so as we move forward, man, I got, to, I got to play professional baseball, and I was doing great, and I was climbing the ladder. And the next year, I was, you know, they, the Nationals had me pro- projected to be in the big leagues. And um, I, I'll show you this picture. This is my dad and my older brother. And, man, they're my biggest fans. My biggest fans. My dad called me every night or the following morning, Asking Sean, hey, who's on first, who's on second? Those are the words he'd use. He asked me how I did in the game. How'd it go? What's going on? All right, how you doing? Like, if I was down, he'd figure out a way to cheer me up. And, and that's my older brother. I also, I mean, same thing, man. He's so proud that I was, a, I was playing baseball. He'd check in. We have some awesome pictures together at a game. I'm in my catching gear, and he's holding his, his one-year-old son that came all the way out to the East Coast to see me. Man, uh, uh, they're my biggest fans. 
And so as things were going great, I was playing professional baseball, my, and man, I'm climbing the ladder, um, tragedy struck. My dad and my brother were killed in a plane crash. And um, man, rocked my world. I grew up in an awesome family, and now all of a sudden I'm following Jesus. I'm doing great in baseball, and this hit. Like, God, what are, what are you thinking up there? Man, um, and so I just, all the questions came, and what in the heck am I going to do? And I just what, it, what God, as we surrounded ourselves with good people, and we, we prayed, and we were going to, we wanted to find answers, man. The, the, the best answer we got was he's proven himself trustworthy proven himself trustworthy and faithful. And I know it's hard right now. But trust him. Trust him. And one of the things that he, he began to show me um, as I walked through tragedy, I walked through grief, and, and is that, like, what's really important in life? Awesome. It's great to play professional baseball. And maybe I get a chance to play in the big leagues, but, but what's this all about? You know, yes, I can have a relationship with Jesus so I get to go to heaven someday. Yes, I, I can know Jesus so that I can have peace and confidence and freedom in this life, right? I can play like I have nothing to lose. But ultimately, it's not just about me. The people are dying every day. There's tragedy. There's hard things. And, and do they have hope? Do they know Jesus? Right? And so God wants to use each and every one of us for his purposes. And so that's when, that was like the next step in, in, in my faith, is that I began to see that God wanted to use me or the people around me. So this is a baseball camp up at the top. Uh, it's an FCA baseball camp. I get to share my testimony. I got to baptize some, some young baseball players. And one of those players here in the bottom left corner is Bennett Thurman. Bennett showed up as a seventh grade kid um, to one of our tryouts. I've gotten to become really good friends with this kid. I walk alongside him. He has no dad. And I've got a stream of texts about from this kid telling him how much of an influence I've been in his life and a blessing. And that is more rewarding than anything I've accomplished in baseball. Getting to lead kids to Christ when they're finding identity in their sport. They're looking for all kinds of things to find their value and find their worth. And our worth and our identity is in Christ. And that is the most incredible thing. So like, this is where my perspective changed. I went from pursuing the big leagues. I said, thank you, Nationals. I became a staff on staff with FCA. So here's a video about FCA. In 1954, God implanted into the heart of a basketball coach a vision that sports could be used as a vehicle to share the message of Jesus Christ. This idea was so compelling that it impacted the influencers. There is a reason for this fellowship of Christian athletes. Athletics has a place. Why this thing of fellowship of Christian athletes seems to have arisen in the mind of a few men. But not just two or three gathered together. Millions of people everywhere dedicated to a common cause. The potential is almost beyond conception. Think of the power of this group through all the nations of the world. And that influence continues today. Nearly seven decades later, that vision 
is a reality. Ministering to and through the coach. Once we've engaged coaches and athletes, we're then equipping them, we're serving them to ultimately empower them. Men and women who are disciples who make disciples. Influence athletes from a young age all the way up to the pros. Now is such a critical time. Sport is larger than it ever has been. I see FCA being more relevant today than at any other time in history. Right at this very moment, our society, we are removing ourselves from the Word of God. So we produce FCA Bibles, God's Word, put to the culture and athletic hands. Our camps continue to grow around the world. That's where I felt God's presence the most. Our numbers are growing. More cultures are joining a team. Doors opening, now serving in over 84 different countries. Truly fulfilling that vision. There's more to coaching than just winning medals. It's really about the impact you have in others' lives. I didn't get saved in a church. The FCA met me right where I was. We come to you exactly where you're at. By first reaching the coach, we have the opportunity then to reach every athlete. Uh, that's my job, raising leaders. And that's what's so powerful about the FCA. It's changing the dynamic of ministry. They go where you are. The ripple effect you're having on these kids and these coaches. And they're going to affect the community for generations. We want to walk through school and people see us and they be like, hey, I know that's a Christian because of the way we act. If we can change two people a day, just imagine how much that will grow. The impact, it goes full circle. I do still have that. It carries generations and generations. We can reach every coach, every athlete, every community, every country. To see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence. The influence. The influence of coaches and athletes. The MCA. Fulfilling the vision. Well, that's a little glimpse of, of FCA, um, and you heard I'm the Canyon County Director, and there's four different things I would love to just kind of show, share with you about FCA, like where are our focal areas, what's happening, um, and the worship team, you guys can start making your way up if you'd like, because we'll wrap up in a bit. Um, the first thing, and you heard it, is the coach. The FCA has a desire to, to, to help support and resource coaches. What would it look like for coaches to coach in a God-honoring way, to it be an impact? to think beyond just the results of the game, but think about the life and the heart of this player. Uh, I've been up, uh, this past weekend I was coaching a, a 13U travel baseball team, and, and um, it's not an FCA team, and I decided, you know what, man, I'm, I'm going to see how many kids want to pray. Hey, guys, hey, before the game, hey, we're going to go right over here in the, in the side over here, we're going to pray. You don't have to, it's no big deal, but any of you that want to pray, come on out. The rest of you guys just hang in the dugout. We'll join up in, in just a second. Let's go. So I go over to pray. The whole dang team came over to pray. Every kid. And there's, they're not just Christians. I promise you that. And so how cool is it? And, and as we wrap up our tournament, and we got beat yesterday bad, um, we do the same thing, right? Go, go before God to start it, and we go before God as it ends. And um, so the impact of a coach is incredible. Billy Graham said a coach has more impact in one year than, mo than most of us in our lifetime. If you played sports growing up, you know that. I had a high school coach that to this day, I do not like. And I can tell you why, because he legitimately cut me down 
from a Lord-like position of leadership so that he could accomplish his goals and become a Hall of Fame high school coach. I have terrible memories of that at that school. But then I've got, I've got amazing memories of coaches in professional baseball who, who walked alongside me, who genuinely loved me, who shook my hand every day with, with just light and energy and excitement. How's your day? Cool, good. You ready to play some baseball? Heck yeah. Man, a coach has so much impact. Right? So coach, okay, camp. FCA, we're having our camp at NNU, uh, 24th through the 28th. Around 300 to 350 kids from the Northwest, college athletes, walk alongside those kids, coaches for those sports. I mean, it's an amazing, powerful week of ministry. Um, the other two are campus. Okay, campus. Man, maybe, you, maybe you've heard of FCA at some point because there's been a campus huddle. And it's a group of athletes, and even non-athletes can be a part of it, that get together on high school campus, campuses in the public sector and, and grow in the Lord. They lean on each other. And it's an amazing place of, of relationship and growth in Christ. And the last one is community. And when those things happen, the community gets infected. And it's an amazing thing. So um, it, what you guys can do, you're already an amazing blessing to the ministry. The grant was a huge blessing, but, but pray. Be praying for FCA that things would continue to, to be favored by the Lord. And I have a heart to, in Canyon County to be, have an FCA presence on every single college, high school, and junior high campus. So be praying for that. Be praying how we can influence travel ball coaches of all kinds of different clubs. So um, I, I'm blessed to be uh, on staff with FCA here in this community. Thank you for having me today, Pastor Brian and church. Appreciate it. Lord God, that's our prayer this morning, Lord, that your spirit would come. God, that it would overwhelm our lives. And God, that we can grow in our faith, Lord, and see how you push us forward and continue to help us mature, Lord, and understand more about you, just like Sean shared today, Lord. We long to make progress in our spiritual journey. God, we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would continue to guide us and transform us, Lord, into everything you need us to be. And God, that we would, again, serve you with everything that we have, God, whether whether it's taking a step of baptism, God, a step of just being in church more, a step of of just realizing that sports or whatever it is is not our identity, but it's in you, God. Just help us to take that step forward in our faith. And God, as we go this week, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to lead and guide each one of us. God, that we'd be overwhelmed by your presence and your spirit. And God, that you would guide us, Lord, as we serve you with everything we have. God, and help point others to you, Lord, through us growing in our own faith. Lord, help us to shine your light as we go this week. Lord, we thank you for the ministry of FCA and pray a blessing on them and especially on this camp coming up in a couple weeks. God, just may you work through those days, Lord, in those chapels and in those, the lives of those kids. God, we thank you for letting us be a small part of it. God, continue to guide and lead our whole community, God, as we all pursue you together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.